Muhammad Ali, Sonny 
uppisissima vai sotto. Sotto. Ipton nenga esok. Aminga sahto. Two minutes mira. Ma two minutes mira si visu sokonna uppton nenga minga tsingu. Te ma sakatta sa. Isen nit nu no tre tre mo sokkara so utsa. Kakkoda sokkara ya utsin. Det er Walt Disney, men også Silly Symphony hænger sådan. Ja, det er Walt Disney filmet Radier, Three Little Pigs. Det er sådan 1933, og min sagde, at du giver dig skrænge om en Academy Award Best Animated Film. Det er der, der kan ikke... Det er der, der 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 er der. กรรมแต่กูจำได้กูยังอีกตั้งกูแต่ไม่ตัวนะเอ่อสักตัวดิสนีย์ชอว์ซีรีส์อีเมนเน็คแต่หนูอีริอีริกาคนที่แต่แต
كل توري كل أقل الدوارس عنه مي قنو سوق أسمي كلاش تامان نقصد أقل الدوارس عن ملشو تان سوق تيجي صعبة تامان نكبيا سبيسيال اللي يحبه سويت شغل وحبه كيسي إن مسيجي سما بنتس إنغلق Kanoripa <laughs> Desmachlo <laughs> Taman Imra Inokatinut Basinis in Nano, when not inner 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 in the inner in the Runico walk. Ishokafetamamic Hello. <laughs> Ya <laughs> <laughs> Non, 
Tine Edomoppa. So. Yay! Ich 
Coffee, <laughs> 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 Canada Alaska, <laughs> <laughs> Una Nukashi no 
Ta 
Tungat siak si mabunga okalut tuarisanikut 
Tom Francis, this went to some up at seven valleys, but not bad. This is a Tom Francis, no, no, seven valleys, I'm no, no, 
أبغي نقرأ ما نبي لخصوص أنت سمناقص النغي تعنسي وتليش وقعك. أنت قنوة سمناك بيوم مقرونيد شو سقان سمناط. نعم تسمناك بق. هم يمدد نو النغي بد قمونة إنني كروقت أخلن سنية غبيت نو النغرو. تسقمون نو النغوا. الشريعات تتكرر تجدت إن قم نقطة قوى إنه يأكل نوم مني. ولكنهم <تصفيق> بنيان <تصفيق> بويسي <تصفيق> تان عام أخلاتي وبرسة من نوت أتوم السجرات سمتلو إما تان تقم بيقلو إلو ليغي أسغر سمتلو وكوانونا أخلت عام سوغسي بدري أكون أرسك كان دامي كان دلو أبناني سوغتيني دغرون عام قاواتي تاكو ميزي صنكو إلو ليغي أسغر أن نمك ميزي صنكو إلو ليغي ملوين <تصفيق> بويسيتو <تصفيق> وأنا 
Dann bin ich auch ein bisschen Nahrung. Architektskulimirunikulimabasinakpokilusakpingarnatetokamavius-sasukisiawa Kollegien da <laughs> Ich 
When people talk about colonization, they're like, oh, that happened hundreds of years ago, you know? But for us in Inuit homeland, colonization happened to my grandparents. My dream is for us to reach the same level of self-determination. The, 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 the last ice, the Senate was a Scott Ressler, National Geographic Society, Scott Ressler, can you hear me? Hello. Hi, how are you? I am very good. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you and your audience today. Oh, uh, it is an honor to read you out finally after hearing uh, about this uh, documentary that you have made, The Last Ice. So we would like to get to know a little bit more about you, Scott. Um, where are you on Earth right now? Well, right now I am in my home in Washington, D.C., hmm. um, and we're, like a lot of the planet, under quarantine right now. So I've been uh, staying inside and doing my part since March 15th. Hmm. When did you get back to your home after making this movie? Um, we finished filming in uh, the middle of 2019. It had been almost five years uh of filming off and on. It was a lot of trips back and forth. So not constantly on the road, but a lot of time away. Hmm. So what do you do during your uh, quarantine? What do I do during quarantine? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, mostly it's, I'm at home with my, my wife and my three-year-old son and my six-month-old daughter. And so I've really been spending this time uh, getting to know my kids a little bit more than I was before, <laughs> traveling so much and going to the office every day. And mm. that's been a really unexpected benefit and pleasure of all of this. Mm. And of course, I say that knowing that uh, a lot of people haven't been so fortunate. And, uh, you know, my heart's go out to, to everyone who's suffering during this pandemic. Mm. So what is your value in life since you are interested to learn more about or feel making more about the climate change, especially in the North? My value in life. Um, you know, I'm a real big believer that we are all connected on this planet. And that doesn't just go for people, that goes for nature as well. And I think a lot of people around the world Maybe I've forgotten that or never knew it. And I think that 
once a lot of people are exposed to some of these messages and the story, I think it really resonates. And I think that once people start to realize how actions in one part of the world really affect another part of the world, people start to tune in to this idea that we really are all connected. And I think that's really the basis of my values in life. Nobody is an island and we're all dependent on one another. Hmm. But you live in Washington, D.C. Uh, did you grow up there? No, I grew up in a state in the U.S. called Connecticut, and it was just outside of New York City, actually. But it was totally out in nature. So it was 45 minutes driving from Manhattan, one of the busiest cities in the world, but I lived in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then if I drove 10 minutes, I was at the ocean. So it was sort of this uh, cross point of all these different things that have sort of infused into my life uh, with New York City and uh, culture and media, but then also being able to escape uh, into the woods mm-hmm. and to the beach. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that was a uh, formative part of my worldview. Hmm. So, like, growing up in the, uh, while being amongst the nature makes you reflect on what uh, the climate change affected uh, the earth, basically. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And I think that, uh, I think for a lot of people who maybe don't grow up near nature or don't think they grew up near nature, because I, I truly believe nobody's actually removed from nature. It's always there. Um, I think that it's not impossible to change people's sort of viewpoint and uh, always give people a deeper understanding of, of how natural systems work. Hmm. In a bit, we will talk a little bit more about the last eyes, uh, the purpose of it, where the idea came from, and then your experience with the hunters. Scott Ressler, um So you made the uh, the last eye, the last eyes based on the, like in the background of National Geographic Society. So I would like to know where did the uh, the idea came from? Sure. So I've been making films with a marine ecologist. His name's Dr. Enrique Sala for the past seven years, and we've gone around the world to some of the most pristine places in the ocean. Um, he had conceived the idea to make a film about the Arctic. And when we started going up, uh, you know, I'll admit that we, we had started making the typical sort of National Geographic Arctic film. So ice melting and sad polar bears and the thing that everyone always sees. But then we started talking to the hunters and we started, the more people we met, we realized that's really not the story. There's so much more beyond the headlines. And we really took the time, that's why it took five years, to try and tell a nuanced story, to start putting everything into perspective. Um, so we're not just talking about the present and the future, we're also talking about the past and how uh, that affected what's going on today. Mm. Mm. Uh, what was your drive behind making this documentary? I mean, uh, how? What was your, what's behind it? I mean, what made you pursue it? What made me pursue it? Yeah. What was your drive? What was it like? What was your drive behind making this movie? Oh, I the mean, drive, the yeah. drive, the drive. Yeah. Sorry. Um, 
for me, it, as soon as I started talking to people and listening and hearing that, uh, you know, the typical documentary that had been made in the past really didn't tell the right story. Um, that's when I said to myself, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just going to stop talking and coming up here and telling people what film I'm going to make and I'm going to start listening. And that's when really the story started to formulate because mm -hmm. I think that for a lot of people we spoke with, that wasn't the usual sort of process when people were making a film. And I really think that a lot of that comes down to Enrique Sala, who's our executive producer. And he took the whole thing um, in absolute patience. And I think someone else could have said, no, this film needs to be made in two years and we're going to tell it this way. But every time I would come back from a shoot, I would say, well, you know, it's actually the reality is a little different and I think we're going to tweak it this way. And he said, that's totally fine. So mm -hmm. I think the drive for me was really just every conversation I had with, with everyone I met. So it was kind of an unfiltered um, story you got. I'm sorry, say again? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, uh, so it's kind of an unfiltered, um, unfiltered story you got. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and I hope that that resonates with uh, people who view the film. Mm. Mm. But how did you choose these two young, um, two youth from Inuit, uh, which is madly uh, and then uh, Perry. So Al was actually uh, not someone we had gone to film with. He was uh, a guide when we were going to film with someone else. But as soon as we got to Kanak and we started talking to Al we said he's actually the person we need to be be filming with. And likewise with Makali when we were looking in Nunavut for someone who could represent the next generation. All we had to do was ask around and everyone we talked to just kept saying, you want to talk to Makali, you want to talk to Makali. So it wasn't hard to find her either. But both of them on either side um, really sort of, to me, represent different perspectives uh, as it relates to, to climate change. For Makali, you know, there's a, a, a journey, a cultural journey and an identity journey. And for Alakatsiak, it's more immediate because uh, he's out hunting on the ice every day. So for me, it was two different perspectives of the same story, which I hope is uh, helpful. Hmm. So the length of that documentary was about uh, is about like 25 minutes-ish, where we will be uh, like um, shared so right now we're doing the film festival circuit and so that just means that it's not publicly available yet but uh one thing we're really looking forward to is we've applied to the film festival in nuke so hopefully if we get in there uh we can come to nuke and, and screen it but until it's being distributed um hopefully on streaming platforms it's going to be private um but I would love to keep you informed and your audience informed of where they can watch it and when, as soon as it's ready. Mm. Wonderful. Uh, soon we will talk about um, hunting and then being in Greenland and meet people in Kana. 
uh, and being around the eyes and following their footsteps while they're taking their uh, action, like hunting, and how it, how was it for you? Scott, did you have any expectations before you went to Ghana? I would like to first to know that. You know, I try to go to places without expectations because I always feel like if you have a filter or a lens before you get somewhere and you have an assumption, then you can't really be there. Um, I knew it was pretty far north, um, and I knew it took a while to get there, especially from the U.S., but I, I did try to keep my expectations uh, minimal, mm -hmm. and I have to say, Connick is one of the places I tell everyone about, everyone mm -hmm. I meet, especially when they say, you know, where were you filming during the decades? Mm. It was really an unbelievable place. Mm. What was your experience being amongst uh, the hunters, especially when they're out and hunting? So I was out, um, I think it was March, February or March, and out in a walrus hunt. And it was three hunters and myself. And the total commitment and respect and skill, uh, I was just in complete awe the entire time. All I could do was sit there and be quiet with my camera um, while I watched these guys. And, I mean, it, it was just unbelievable to watch. And I think that for me, one of the, the messages I really wanted to get out to an international audience Um, especially people who are uh, uh, mindful of the environment, is I think for a long time there's been a, a narrative that um, it's the hunters versus the wildlife. And that's just, it's just not true. That's not the case. I mean, I've never seen people who have a better understanding of their environment and of wildlife. And so there really is, there's so much pressure from the outside world that to me it's really, Uh, the hunters and the wildlife, uh, you know, facing this, these unbelievable obstacles from, from the outside world. Mm. So that's sort of a perspective shift I, I hope people will take away from the film and really have just uh, the highest respect for the hunters as, as I do and will forever. Mm. Mm. Uh, Scott, uh, for you, it must be, be so, I mean, uh, you came from a big city and you suddenly are in the Arctic where there's no connection to the society and you are with hunters, uh, maybe you you didn't even have a um, cell phone connection or any of that. How was it to be so, to feel that this disconnected uh, life? It was amazing. It was amazing. I wish everyone could do it. Um, I think it, you know, I would come home and I would say I'm getting rid of my cell phone. I think we're just, Uh, you know, in our modern world, we're just totally uh, always on and we're always connected and we're just inundated with messages and social media and, and all this other stuff. And I think that um, just being forced to, to sort of be quiet and think and be in this beautiful place and uh, around other people who uh, are just fully present with what they're doing, especially uh, the hunters. Mm. Um, it's it's something personally that I took away from this experience that 
Um, of course, as soon as I get home, I'm, I didn't become a, a monk. I put my <laughs> back out like everyone else. But I try, I try to be uh, um, a little bit better, a little bit better about mm. not always having uh, my phone in my face. Mm. It makes you reflect on the things that you have while you were there. Sounds like it. I'm sorry, say again? It makes you, that experience makes you reflect on your own life. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, it definitely makes me reflect on my own life. And I think the process of making the film uh, made me question a lot of um, assumptions and beliefs that I grew up with that uh, maybe I would never have thought about. Mm. How about the, the hunter's usually shows like a lot of patience and perseverance to uh, to hunt there for example seal if it could be or narwhals how is it to you to witness that did you learn anything from that like th those attitudes the hunters showed well in in some ways there's a bit of overlap with uh filmmaking um in terms of uh the patience part of course um, I'm not comparing myself to a hunter at all, but um, I think watching the way they would stay completely still and just wait and understand how to read the weather and the environment and track the animals and even the respectful way in which they were harvested. I, I mean, for me, I think it's that sort of presence and skill and respect um, for the environment and for nature. That's certainly something I've taken away and it's something I would want to pass along to my children. Hmm. I would like to talk about uh, a little bit more about the, the difference between Nunavut and Kana. And if you have ever tasted Greenlandic food when you were in Kana and maybe also in Nunavut in, in about, uh, where, well, after the music break. Scott, when you made uh, The Last Eyes, you were in Nunavut and Kana. Uh, can you tell a difference between those, these two countries, especially in Nunavut and Kana? Uh, is, um, I'm thinking like their way of living and hunting. So, you know, I, of course, for me, every community I went to is totally different. So I... I don't want to make um, any sort of generalizations, but I, I do think that, um, of course, in Kanak, uh, they're hunting very um, uh, traditionally by dog sled, and in uh, Nunavut, there's more ski and snowmobile, but even with those differences, I think that the, the spirit and the heart of it is, is the same. One thing I found kind of um, fascinating is that there wasn't always people I met in Nunavut were always fascinated uh, to hear about people in Kanak in Greenland, oh. and people in Kanak were fascinated to hear about people in Nunavut, and that was surprising to me because I thought perhaps there would be more, um, you know, communication and open lines of, of discussion, which there were, but I always thought there would be some more, especially among the next generation, and I think there's a hunger for that on both sides that's evident in the film. Um, and I, it seems like there's a growing uh, appetite, and that is one place where I think social media has really uh, been playing a part. So I think that 
that is really cool to see it, the two sides uh, coming together more. Mm. From my perspective. Yeah. What do you mean about the spirit is the same in this uh, in Nunavut and Ghana? Yeah, I think that there's, um, of course, I'm looking at everything from the lens of an outsider, and I'm coming in with, with my life perspective. But for me, when I'm in both places, it's that spirit of connection to the land, and it's that spirit of community. Um, that's very different from where I grew up. Uh, you know, I was, I was telling someone that I've had wilderness training and I've uh, fallen off of boats and traveled around the world, but nothing really prepared me for my first uh, cafe meet. And I'm from a place where you go to a party and it's an hour long, but that, that sort of welcoming spirit, um, It's, it's on both sides. It's in Nunavut and it's in, it's in uh, Greenland as well. Mm. I think that community. So you have been to coffee mix. You must have tasted one of the uh, Greenlandic delicacies. I'm sorry, uh, you broke up there. Uh, did you uh, taste any Greenlandic food? Ah, Greenlandic food. Um, yes. Uh, I've had... On, on both sides, uh, I've had uh, quite a few different foods. Anytime anything is offered, I have, of course, always always tried it. Um, I love uh, caribou stew, and in uh, Agloulik in Nunavut, I had um, walrus. Um, and I could start rattling off all the foods. Of course, I'm going to sure the names, I think. Wow. Uh, How is it to taste that kind of, like, uh, strong meat? Well, uh, I like the taste, but I think uh, maybe my teeth aren't so used to it. So something, uh, you know, I would eat something and it might take me uh, 45 minutes to eat it. <laughs> Aww. But I'm glad you have um, accepted it and tasted it. It's like um, they have brought you in that society and make you part of it. Well, it's, it's, it's always an honor and a privilege. Mm. So do you have um, plans for your future work uh, as a director and a filmmaker, cameraman? Yeah, so right now I'm working on a short film uh, based around Enrique Sala, who's the executive producer of Last Night, around a book that he has written, which is coming out uh, in August, which is called The Nature of Nature. And it's a book that's telling people how natural systems work. And this is really a book for people who have no background in how natural systems work. Mm. Um, and the, the real message is that, you know, nature self-regulates. And the more we interfere with it, the more problems we usually see. Mm. So I'm working on a short film based around that book. Mm. Any plans uh, to come back to Greenland? Well, of course, if we get into the Nuke Film Festival, I will be on the first flight back. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Scott, thank you so much for taking your time and talk with us. I hope um, it will be a success when you go here, when you come back here. And uh, good luck with your short film. And I hope it will go well as well. And thanks. thank you so much for your time. Thanks to both of you and to your audience. Det er sådan, at du må mig nu til at sige noget, på det var
Scott Ressler, the National Geographic Society, Mr. Divok, the Senator Ampidusha Sound, the last ice, Kana, Mino Nabumido, Filmidiariva, Inutatlutzing, Idatihut, Matadi, and Ugalik Tavalu, Alaratia Perry. Taco, Piniariatun, Adaratia Perry, Piniariat, Marina, Finga, the Senate, a sorcerer, Piniatunut, Narsorin, Nipocano, Omanian, non Miku Piniariatimicus or Lulatihut. Good. Uh, 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 good.